0: Man. Let's go share the food
1: Episode 153 for September 2011. The Spider Man Crawl Space podcast is sponsored by mailordercomics.com. They have discounts that start at 38 and to make up to 75% off the cover price of new comics and trades. An example on this episode is on Essential Spider Man Volume 7. Now this one collects Amazing Spidey from number 138 to 160. The cover price is 20 bucks. Mail order has it for just $12.39, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Welcome back, gang, to a regular edition of the show. Let's see who we've got on the panel this month. We've got the winner of Spider Jeopardy, George Berriman. Congratulations, sir.
0: Thank you, thank you. Uh, Don't applaud, just throw money.
1: (laughs) And the winner of the Douglas Classic, we have Stella from the Batgirl, the Oracle podcast. Welcome, Stella.
2: Yeah, great to be here.
1: And we have Josh Bertone, the Alex Trebek of Spider Jeopardy himself. Welcome, I, Josh. How'd that bribe work
3: out for you, Brad?
1: Yeah, it worked out really swell.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but if there's company that I like to keep, it's with JR from SpideyKicksButt.com. JR, we, we, we didn't win again this year.
5: Yes, I know. Uh, we're Losers love each other's company, I suppose. So,
1: <laughs> uh, Someone that uh, did pretty good, Bailey, had eight points in Spider Jeopardy. Congratulations, Mr. Bailey.
6: Yeah, but that was after like double going double or nothing on the final Jeopardy. So, uh,
1: whatever. You still you still did good. And uh, Zach from SpideyDude.com. dot com. Yeah,
4: it's not SpideyKicksButt.com, dot com, by the way.
1: I see. I I didn't screw it up this month. Welcome yeah. back.
4: Oh, it's good to be back. The site's back, and uh, I am the first loser of spider or of spider Jeopardy because I got second place.
1: <laughs> so,
4: I ba- I kneel before George's awesomeness.
1: There you go. As
4: everyone should.
1: <laughs> All right, we're gonna start off with some iTunes reviews. We had some uh, couple nice ones written in over the ca- last couple months. Again, if you uh, would like to review the show and hear your name and your review on the show, just go into iTunes, type Spider Man, and we're the first podcast that pops up. So the first one, Spencer Ruckty, titled uh, "For Those Who," for those of you with spider needs, four out of five stars. The Crawl Space Podcast is the best Spider-Man podcast I've been able to find anywhere. I especially love their reviews on each installment of The Amazing Spider-Man, which gives expert perspective on each issue from a group of people who just legitimately enjoy the comics. Though I don't always agree with what they say, and they tend to complain a lot about today's (laughs) Spider-Man and Dan Slott and blah, blah, blah. I like Dan Slott writing personally, he says. It's fresh, it's new, and they... They know every little wall crawling hair on everyone's favorite web slinger, looking for pure web head knowledge. question mark look no further now, quick, download it, and subscribe. Every spiderophile needs a podcast. This one is mine. So thank you, Spencer. That was really nice. That's not your son, though, right? Different Spencer Jr. Uh,
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be really sad if Jr.'s son wouldn't even give him five stars. No.
5: Well, tr- trust me, as a, as a parent, I don't think he'd give me one quite yet. So. Uh,
1: yeah, he would anyway. I bet he would. Yeah, he would. You're his superhero. You took him. To, you took him to downtown uh, to see uh, the Avengers filming.
5: Well, we didn't see anything. We just saw a bunch of rubble. But uh, you know, I, we could have seen that at home the way I keep up with the landscaping. But anyway,
1: <laughs> the wow. other review uh, is from Bradley Christensen. Or Bradley Christian. Uh, subject: They talk about Spider-Man. Four out of five stars. I like this podcast. I like comics and Spider-Man, and I don't want the people on this podcast to change, because they speak their mind and are knowledgeable about the character, Marvel, and comics in general. Often it does stray into crumudgeony dislike of what is going on at present with the character, yet always is entertaining. So thank you, Bradley. appreciate that. Also, I got a little announcement about iTunes. I have officially put every single back episode on of the crawl space up on the iTunes feed. So you can even hear that very rough episode number one. Yeah, well it's episode <laughs>
4: one. I remember that.
1: I remember those days.
4: I remember That's where from, I was.
1: From two thousand six. Uh I, I switched feeds uh what a couple years ago and and it is a very tedious process of getting all your uh information into that file so iTunes and other podcatchers
0: can catch it. So what, what uh, two thousand six two thousand six?
1: yeah we started in two thousand and six august what was uh
0: what was what was zach then like fourteen
1: how old were you in two thousand and six Zach i was uh i was ni- i was eighteen there you go fixed me nineteen wow. i'll be i
4: would i turned nineteen at the same day that uh one more day number
1: four hit Man, and you I just got a text message uh, <laughs> and I did some weird counting, so there are officially a hundred and fifty six episodes up on the feed right now. Okay, let's tackle Spider News. There's really not that much uh, this month to talk about, with the exception of a well-loved actor passed away. Uh, Cliff Robertson, who played Uncle Ben in the Spider-Man Raimi movies, passed away uh, within the last month. And he was in one of my one of my grandpa's favorite movies, and I, I enjoy this movie a lot. It's called uh, Charlie. Have you guys ever seen the movie Charlie?
0: Yeah, it's uh it's based off of a short story called Flowers for Algernon. Uh, he yeah. won a, like a he, he won an Academy Award for that. Yeah, it's a exactly.
6: good movie. They they showed it to us in the eighth grade. Since the sex scene.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Basically, it's the story's about the guy that uh, is I guess mentally retarded, and he he, he got uh wh- they did experiments on on mice and that made the mice smarter, so they made him smarter, but it it slowly went away a little bit, and he experienced life uh, as kind of a genius. Wasn't he a genius in the movie, George? Yep. He so, became a genius, just, and then... Uh, just a tragic tragic yeah. uh, study. But great actor. George, what do you think of him as playing
0: Uncle Ben? I think he was a fine Uncle Ben. I, th- I think he uh, I think he did better. I think he's much better Uncle Ben than Martin Sheen's going to be, I'll tell you that much. Um yeah. No, he was just—he was really good. I mean, he was very grandfatherly, uh, exactly what he needed to be, you know, and and a, a really good, solid actor. They were lucky to get him for that first movie, I think.
1: No doubt. He also played the president in Escape from LA. Remember that? <laughs> he
0: also—he also played JFK in uh, PT 109, which was about JFK's uh, uh, patrol boat duty there in World War II, and also uh, played—he was on Batman, the old Batman TV show. He was, it was shame. Batman. Yeah, him what and was his. Shame?
1: What
0: was Shane? He was his name like was a cowboy. Uh, hmm. And the and the girl that played the psychic on the show was actually his wife at the time. Oh, wow, Bailey, what do you
1: think of his portrayal of Uncle Ben?
6: I thought he was fine. Um, I, I slightly disagree with George. I think I think Martin Sheen's going to do a fine job too. Uh, but I like him as an actor. So, uh, but you know, Robertson, I, I, I think the best scene between the two of them was when Peter came down the stairs and he's like, hey, don't forget, we're painting today. And he says, uh, don't start with that? me.
4: <laughs> what is that? That is, is my dog snoring. Oh. Your dog
1: is snoring?
6: Yeah, my poor Boo has a cold right now, so she oh. is snoring.
1: Your dog uh, sounds like
6: a muppet.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: hi let oh, like me be frog. frog
1: here. Oh,
6: um, there you go. Uh, but it was just that little exchange between the two of them that you know they've had a thousand times, yeah. and it really cemented their father-son relationship, even though, you know, Peter does the whole, you're not my father, stop
5: acting like him. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, JR, did you like him as Uncle Ben?
5: Oh, yeah, I, th- I thought he did a good job. I mean, uh, you know, I think uh, a key, uh, you know, as to how well he did is that you miss him when he's gone, you know. And, uh, you know, he was a you know, pretty large presence uh, for what little time he was on. Although it's kind of ironic. It says he died at 88. Um, in the um, in the movie, He as Ben, he says he's 68. And if you remember the DVD commentary, I think it said that he was actually 74. But... You know, doing a little bit of math here, he was actually more like seventy-eight or something. So, you know, how old was this guy? Uh, oh, but, that's the uh, that's
1: th- the thing in Hollywood. Actors generally don't give out their ages because I think it makes them not get roles. Probably, I'm yeah. not sure. He died, died like he how, died how, uh, a day after, I'm sorry. He died a day after his birthday. Wow. Um, Zach, good. did you like his portrayal?
4: I did. And I was gonna make a smile like joke about how Andrew Garfield's thirty playing a teenager, but
3: <laughs> anyway,
4: um, no, I liked I liked his portrayal of Uncle Ben. He, I think he did a great job. Uh, he, you know, he submitted the role for me. Um, and so, I was I was I was very pleased with his portrayal. I was pleased with, pleased with most of the Raimi stuff. So,
1: yeah, he didn't make it. I don't remember him making a cameo in two and three though, did he? He did. Yeah. What, what was his cameo in two and three?
3: Um, he, Peter, like, dreams that he meets Uncle Ben in heaven or something, and Peter's like, no, I'm gonna quit being Spider-Man, and then in three, there's flashbacks to his murder. Oh, well,
1: that's right. So he's in all three movies.
4: Yeah, that's and awesome. he, he aged considerably between one and three.
3: Yes, he did. Yeah.
1: Uh, Josh, what do you think of his portrayal?
3: I think it was it was very good and I'm looking at his Wikipedia page right now and it says unless Wikipedia's line which happens that Spider-Man 3 was his last film appearance so if the last role in his great career was playing Uncle Ben then you know I think that that's a good way to end it that's uh very interesting too because according to Wikipedia it says that he was JFK's personal choice to play him in PT 109 so uh, right. Go go figure. Uh, but so that's that, that's a very good legacy when the president picks you to play himself. So uh,
1: he's left behind he a great
3: up. body of work. He should be he proud. He also
1: has cliffrobertson.info. What 88-year-old has a webs- website?
6: Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny because Martin Sheen also played
0: JFK. Oh, that's cool.
1: That
0: he, is was also the, um, he was also the original Big Kahuna.
1: Huh. Stella, we haven't heard your thoughts on him passing in – Betrayal, Uncle ben.
2: Yeah, it's always sad when when a good actor uh, passes away. Um, and he was. He was a good un- Uncle Ben. I think probably I'll always think of him as, as kind of my Uncle Ben. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool.
1: All right. We now have four issues of Amazing Spider-Man to review. Oh. Uh, the first one is a bit controversial. We're going to start with Josh on this one since he hates the issue so much. And this the panels kind of divided. I think with this issue, it's Amazing Spider-Man 665. It's a, I, first off, you gotta admit that cover is amazing, literally. It's a good cover, and then a good cover. I like that cover. I think it's creative. This one uh, is written by Mister Slot and pencils by Ryan Stegman. The title, of the story is called Crossroads. Basically, Spider-Man has a Friday night. Is it Friday? Friday. The first Friday of every month. They have a date night, Betty Brandt and Peter Parker, which is, we've never heard of this before, but it's all right. Um, (laughs) uh, Betty uh, gets assaulted and put in the hospital, and Aunt May gives him a guilt trip.
3: I was nowhere near her that night.
1: (laughs) Start off, Josh, what are you, pros and cons and great? Well, I'll go
3: into the pros first. Uh, The art art was pretty good. Um, I didn't like the way that some of the faces were drawn at some point, but I I did like the art. And uh, that scene where Peter's at Horizon Labs changing into his costume, that was uh, really well done. Uh, The the thing with um, Peter getting Betty's locket from her, Peter's, like, internal monologue, you know, he remembers the significance of that locket when he gives it to Betty, and when he gives it to her... Betty says, oh, did I ever tell you that this was blah, blah, the locket that my mom gave me? And Peter says, yes, you have. So the implication is there. Betty doesn't realize that Peter remembers that. and But, like, it's one of the first things that Peter remembers, and he knows to look for it. So that was a very subtle way of portraying how close they are, as opposed to other writers and, or slot on a bad day, where he would have hit you over the head with over, overexposition about it. So the thing about Betty not thinking that Peter would remember it, and he did, I like that. Now... The, the cons. On to the cons. First of all, people have said that um, I, I cherry-pick when it comes to Betty, and I do, but I'm cherry-picking from a goddamn cherry tree here. <laughs> at the ver- at the very beginning of the issue, Peter is... Uh, let me see if I can actually open this up so I can see that i should have had this prepared but he's basically saying that he's working on this very important scientific thing that will like change the world as we know it and make the world a better place and she's literally like i don't care this is our movie night and you know i liked you better when you were a struggling freelance. freelancer she doesn't say i like you better that when you were a loser but that's pretty much the implication here <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's I'm, I'm not making this up. This is in the issue. He's like, I'm working on this science thing that could save lives one day. She's like, but this movie's only playing for another week. You know, like it, it, it's very selfish. Um, but, you know, but of course, it's very Betty. And then her boyfriend standing right there like, hey, remember me? I'm your boyfriend. How about I go to this movie with you? Oh, OK. Well, actually, I'm going out of town.
1: The quote is, change life on Earth as we know it, blah, blah, blah. You know, movie night was a lot easier back when you were plain old Peter Parker, struggling freelance photographer.
3: That's the quote. It's very selfish, and I don't know if I want to say that that's bad writing or if that's just slots, you know, writing Betty in character. And then (laughs) everybody's reactions in the hospital scene. You have Jonah bursting in, saying, if people thought that I was mad when Marla died, you know, look out now. And then, the doctor says, like, you know, Betty's, you know, uh, let, let me let me read her injuries. Um, she suffered serious head trauma. There's swelling on her brain, along with crapped ribs, and there's bruising. And then Robbie's like, huh, well, she's faced Vulture, Doc Ock, and Jonah. This is nothing. No, it's not nothing. They just said that she has brain damage. Which, by the way, when Flash Thompson had it, it took him years to recover. At the end of the issue, Betty's fine. So... You know, whatever serious brain damage. You, I've, I've got to and hear well, your... Once again, just the characters. Your... Nora Winters, who has never even been betrayed as like... you got to hear my... I know it just broke up a second. got to hear my...
1: Two cents on Aunt May and the guilt trip.
3: Oh, yeah, that, that's, that, 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 that's coming. That's on the list. <laughs> the, 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 this issue has so many faults. Nora Winters, who has... No relationship with Betty Brand at all, but she's a member of the supporting cast. She's there. She's yelling at Carly Cooper. Why aren't you out catching Betty's killer? Like, just... Yeah, and then Aunt May. Aunt May. Peter, I haven't been this disappointed with you since your Uncle Ben died. What about when he dropped out of graduate school and you didn't talk to him for weeks? And then and then when Peter's like, you know, explains himself, she's like, "Oh, that's okay, Peter. You were just a kid then. Then why were you just giving him shit over it? <laughs> and if she's really been mad at him like for this all this time, There are so many other places where it logically could have come up, but it's just, like, a really, really selfish thing, and it doesn't fit in with, you know, other times where they've revisited that time period. And then Mary Jane saying he's finally turned off the spider, you know, to care for one of us. How many times has Peter, like, you know, stopped doing a Spider-Man thing to be with one of his friends? And Slott just does not know human relationships, because at the end, when Betty wakes up from her coma, you know, forget serious brain damage... Peter's in there with her. Now, logically, Flash is her boyfriend. you think that he'd want to be sharing that moment with her. His girlfriend just went through a traumatic experience and almost died. But he's okay with the ex being in the room with her, on a bed with her, watching movies now. It's their movie night. Cool. That's great. But this is like, you know, Flash is her boyfriend. He needs to be there when she's waking up. It's... I mean, if, if that was Wendy in the hospital or something, would you, would you, wouldn't you you want to be in there with her when she woke up?
1: Yeah, the, the best friend of the guy. Yeah, I, I, I agree. That's part of my con, too. I give you
3: that. It's a, and, and the whole thing's like played for laughs. You know, Jonah's like, ah, oh, what's going on? Why can't we go in there? And Flash is like, it's their movie night. All sentimental. Anyway, um, just one more comment before I move on, because I know we've got a lot of people who want to tear this thing a new one. Uh, <laughs> there's a continuity here in the backup story. Peter's listing all the things that happened in that Forest Hills house, and he lists Aunt May having tea with Doc Ock. That was not in Aunt May's house. That was in Aunt Anna's house. Oh, wow. Um, from issue 46 of Amazing up until the Roger Stern run, Aunt May was, um, whenever you saw the Forest Hills house, it was actually Aunt Anna's house because Aunt May moved next door. And that's where she had all of her Dr. Octopus encounters. So. Wow. <laughs> but anyway. Um,
5: <laughs> I bet Anna had to have the sheets changed a lot then,
3: huh? Dr. Octopus encounters? Oh, yeah, no. I mean, there, there's a lot of people that want to get to this issue. Otherwise, I would go on a half hour rant. But needless to say, f f f f. Let's do a person
1: that liked it, which is Stella. Stella liked this one, right?
2: Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess this is the end of uh, Josh and I being friends. It was a good <laughs> run, Josh. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but you know, I do have some, I do have some cons, and I definitely agree with him. Uh, certain, cer- certain details cer- certainly do not add up. You know, all that time spent with Betty, I think uh, it, it makes it seem a little strange to me that um, that Flash and Carly don't feel uncomfortable all the time that Peter spends with uh, with Betty. Um, you know, everyone's ba- basically okay that that Betty and Peter. Uh, hang out like this, and you know, who knows, maybe Flash and Carly will have an affair behind Peter and Betty's back, you know, it's not like that's happened before. Um, I do wonder, what's about Spider-Man saying he he didn't bother with the small town crook? Uh, Like, he just leaves that guy's like, I'm not going to bother with him. I mean, I thought, wait, I I feel like one crook is just like the other crook, so I I was a little uh, disconcerted with that. Um, I thought there was an eerie similarity between... Flash and Peter, just because Flash now has to run out on certain situations, and he has to lie, basically, because he has his his dual identity, so that was kind of strange. Okay, so Aunt May, yeah, she really comes out as harsh, uh, but... In the end, I think it's okay. Let me explain this. So, actually, it kind of really spoke to me uh, because you know I do really think it's dif- uh, it's ridiculous that MA uses Ben to make Peter feel guilty. I think that was over the top. But ultimately, it was ultimately it was to show that given the choice between exacting punishment. And being with someone close to you that you know could kind of go at any moment—you only have certain certain moments with them. You you kind of have to choose the latter. And I think that even though she was really harsh, that that's where uh, it was it was getting at. Um, and then that's kind of something that happened to me where I had this decision like, oh, I have all this schoolwork, but you know my friend kind of had just collapsed. Uh, at a uh, football game and, you know, go to the hospital, do schoolwork. Like, it was a really tough decision, and, and I still even feel bad about that now. So I, I guess maybe I feel too close to that. Um, I do wonder why Nora and Carly are there at the hospital in the first place. You know, are they truly I don't know if you've friends?
0: got the memo, Spider-Girl, but Carly's perfect for Peter.
2: <laughs> oh, no, but I mean, but are are they truly more friends and coworkers with with... Um, with betty like i thought that was a little strange especially nora uh and then ultimately i do wonder why the writers wanted to do this to betty you know poor betty has run the gambit you know does she need this i I find it rather telling how much emphasis the writers put on the fact that she was not sexually assaulted you know i kind of wonder why but i i give this a b um because people would freak
6: out if she was
2: well, of course, but, I mean, also, we have to think about to so that whole chameleon uh, shenanigans. Yeah, that yeah th-
6: I mean, that, that's pretty much it. I mean, it's uh, that's why they threw that in there, just to say, yeah. oh, by the way, no, she wasn't raped. It's okay. Please, please stop fucking talking about it.
3: And people on the message boards were still asking if Betty was raped, even after, like, they read the issue. They're like, are we yeah. sure she wasn't raped? And I said, yeah, it's in the dialogue.
1: But within yeah. the, a month or two, she was also abducted in the Venom book, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But but I did also like the backups I guess we're not talking about them which is fine yeah, but I thought no, that a, no I I don't exactly remember them in my notes I just put I liked the backups but I thought they were <laughs> I thought they were well written. Okay, what's your grade? Oh, they, you
1: said B. B. Yeah. Okay. Uh do the opposite of Stella George.
0: <laughs> um
1: imagine you didn't like it.
0: I uh I didn't start off hating it. Um, I thought it had uh, some good stuff in there early on, uh, that whole montage, you know, like Hammerhead and Arcade and, um, well, not the not the Future Foundation. I hate that crap. But, um, you know, I, th- I think it started out okay. Uh, it, you know, I, the artwork, I like it, but there's a couple of times when Aunt May looks like she's, I don't know, in her late 30s or early 40s. I think she strolls into the ER with jeans. You know, and it's, I don't know, that's a little weird for me. I'm, you know. Um, but of course, yeah, I mean, let's just get to, uh oh, what's that? Did we drop, uh, lose somebody?
1: I've lost somebody. Who did I lose?
0: Okay. Um, but no, you know, I, I like,
1: well, they're back. Okay.
0: I like seeing Spidey, uh, you know, go out and, you know, and try to hunt down, uh, whoever, you know, beat her up and took her locket. Um, the Aunt May guilt trip was such complete bullshit that uh, to me it makes me wonder if sod even understands on a fundamental on a basic fundamental level the, you know Aunt May as a person and as a character um, you know she's uh, she's shown disappointment in him before but, but she would you know I, I can think of you know grad school I can think of uh, after Nathan Levibinsky died you know. She has shown disappointment in him before, and even anger at him before. She would never throw Uncle Ben's murder in his face, you know. Um, so that that I mean, as soon as I got to that point, I was like, "Yeah, this uh, this is completely off the rails." And to to
1: debate with you a little bit, George, isn't Aunt, the reasoning or one of the best reasons to keep Aunt May around is to constantly remind Peter
0: of Uncle Ben's death. And isn't um, that
1: one of the main reasons for that character?
0: Yes, but see, Brad, here's the thing. In this situation, he he should draw that, that parallel himself. He sh- in his mind, he should be thinking about that. He should be thinking, well, I've done it. It shouldn't come from Aunt May. You see what I mean? Well, I mean, it came
1: from her, and it made her seem like, uh, because you're rooting for the main character, it made the, the
0: reader dislike her some, a lot, I thought. Well, I mean, that... you know, this, this character's been all over the place. I mean... Yeah. It, and we can say that about every character post Brand New Day. They're they're all written completely different now. I mean, we've never seen that ever since Aunt May started riding the guy. But I, it's it's for someone who's read it for so long it's jarring because I'm reading that and I'm like, that's not, not how Aunt May would ever respond to that. Aunt May would, would tell him she's disappointed and he needs to come to the hospital. She wouldn't throw Uncle Ben's murder in Peter's face. I mean you know, or or not being there for her afterward. That was the biggest bunch of bullshit that I, I've read in a while.
1: That uh, is similar to when she was possessed by Mr. Negative. Yeah, but see, at least that had a reason. Yeah,
0: exactly. You know, I mean, this was just – I don't know what this was. I mean, this is Slot's this is heavy-handed attempt at trying to go for, like, a visceral beat, and it completely blew up in his face. This is awful.
1: Okay.
0: And my overall grade, uh, I'm going to give this one a uh, – I'm going to give this one – this was bad. I'm going to give uh, – That one moment really taints what might have been a fairly good story. I'm going to give it a D. Uh,
1: Something we haven't mentioned, Stella liked it also, uh, was Aunt May leaving. Do you think she's really done for the books, or is she out because nobody wanted to see her have spider powers?
0: She's done, and then something will happen, and he'll have to go up there. And then Carly will wonder, well, why he's going up? Why is he going up there? How come he's not taking me? Ooh, boo! is another man betraying me? And uh, uh, this, we've seen this all this, this tired shit played out before. Yeah, you know. J- just, so you D know. out of you, George, yeah.
1: uh, Zach or Jr. Which one liked it? Anybody like it? I did. I thought mm. Jr. You did.
5: No, I didn't. I was about to say, but let Zach go ahead.
1: Zach, did you like it? Uh,
5: yeah, I
4: thought it was meh.
1: Oh well, that's better than hated it. Okay, go ahead. Um <laughs> I wanted to do the opposite. Uh
4: Well, I I I, liked, I guess
1: I should have gone to myself.
4: <laughs> I liked the uh I liked the aspect of Peter and uh and Betty Brant. Betty Brant behaves like a total harpy in this entire issue. Um I did love the uh when Peter when Peter goes off swinging looking for uh looking for the uh got mugged her. Uh, liked all that. I liked all that. All that stuff. Uh, you know, the whole hospital scene. It just seemed like a, an excuse to get everybody in the in the in the book uh, in the, in the same room together, so they can play off each other. I know Wide Slot did it. I just didn't think it was really executed that well. Uh, my favorite page of the book, though, has to be when the when he's on the web and like give different montage oh, yeah. It's like a mon- giant montage. Yeah, two page spread. That's the giant montage scene. Really liked that. Loved the artwork throughout, um, and so. But I really hated, really hated the ant may bit.
1: Yeah. Okay, what's uh-huh. your grade?
4: I'm gonna give it. A, I'm gonna give it a, a C minus. I know. I know. Donovan's gonna hurt me for giving it a, a higher than an F, but uh, give it a C minus. The the backup was. Uh, I'm gonna give it a. Uh, I'm gonna give it a C as well. It wasn't wasn't fantastic. Didn't blow me away. But,
5: uh,
1: Chair, what's your two cents?
5: Well, you know, I, 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 I guess I risk the Wrath of Don by not giving it an F, but uh, I do give it a D. I, I just, I don't like it because people don't act this way. And it, this really... Bothers me. It's like when Harry says, "Oh, by the way, I haven't thought about my son in my, you know weeks or whatever," and mm-hmm. and that's all normal, you know. No, people don't think like this, and people don't act like the way they're acting in this story. Um, first of all, one this whole the whole thing with Peter and Betty having movie nights. Um, you know if he's been in a committed relate if he had been in a committed relationship with Mary Jane how how would Mary Jane have felt about him running off to like Betty's apartment to watch movies with you know every so often uh i don't think my wife would be very keen on that even if she did know the person in question <laughs> she just yeah. she just wouldn't like it i mean i and i don't see any woman You know, really tolerating that. Uh, That harkens
1: back to when Harry met Sally. Can men and women just be friends?
5: (laughs) They could be (laughs) friends, but I think that the spouse, Mm -hmm. I think that the partners would rather they be friends somewhere else besides the other woman's apartment. You know?
3: In in, uh, the Web of Spider Man run Uh, in the 90s, Mary Jane was very uncomfortable with Peter and Betty always running off together, so she didn't like it then.
5: Exactly. I mean, and even you know, even exactly. I mean, it's not. It's just something you don't like. You know, it's something that that rubs you the wrong way. Uh, so I don't see that happen. You know, Peter liking artsy films. I mean, Peter's Peter sounds like a guy who's like most of us. If something doesn't get naked or blow up, he's not interested. You know, and and this just doesn't seem right. But that, but that's a that's kind of a minor quibble because really, it is nice to see a man and a woman have a non-sexual friendship. I mean, it, it is nice to see that. Uh, but it really runs off the tracks with with May's anger, uh, and and I and actually I'm going to echo George on this one, uh, this one panel of May. She they they draw her like she looks like Renee Zellweger, you know, and it's she looks yeah. as younger younger than Mary Jane in this picture, and it's it's like, uh, you know, what what is this? But here's the thing if if i had gotten that i mean one betty's relationship in this whole thing is not that significant for may to make such a dreadful comparison to ben you know now if it had been jay for example who was laying there dying you know and may was feeling a, that that might be comparable um But it's not even remotely comparable. I mean, to say, well, by the way, this is an old girlfriend of yours who's on death's door. Let me bring up the very death of my husband and life partner and your father figure, and let's compare them. Uh, No, no, it's not even remotely comparable. Um, Also, the the idea that, and this is the thing that bugs me about the whole secret identity bit, okay? First of all, if my mother thought I was a bum for any reason, okay, you know, I mean, I would have an honest, I mean, an honest talk with her. Here's what I would have done if I were Peter Parker. I mean, one, he had the guy in his sights. I mean, so he's going to go to Betty's side, he's going to let this guy get away, and theoretically, potentially assault another woman. I mean, it's not like he still hasn't found the guy. He sees the guy. He's got him in his sights. How long would it take to web him up? You know, so that makes no sense because it's like, okay, okay, yeah, I'll let this guy potentially get away, go to another state where I can't get him, and he'll assault somebody else. Makes no sense. What I would have done was I would have taken a few seconds, broken every bone in the guy's body, you know, and then I would have gone to Aunt May and I said, May, we need to have a talk. And I would have told her the whole story, you know, about this is what I was doing when Ben died. This is what I've been doing the last few years, May. It's time you knew, you know. That's what be people a man, do. grow some
4: balls, and do it.
5: Exactly. That's what people do. If, I mean,
1: I, so an you're, you're of, saying that the, the, it's essentially the burglar running past him again, essentially.
5: Well, theoretically, it could be. Yeah. That's not the biggest thing I'm wanting to say. It's yeah. just that it, it doesn't make sense for him to have this guy who's committed a vicious assault in his sights, and then it may, may makes him feel guilty and he runs away. That doesn't make it. All he would have to do is web up the guy. You know, I mean, and and of course, like I said, if it was me, I would have taken a few seconds to, you know, pretty well be within an inch of his life. Uh, But, you know, I, see, I I had an incident a few years ago, like, you know, it's like when your old man gets on your case, you expect that. You know, that's what your old man does. He kicks your ass, you know, he makes you feel bad or whatever, you get over it, because that's what your old man does. But when your mom says something, that really hurts. And... Mm -hmm. You know, like I said, if this had happened, I'd have told mom the truth. I said, "Mom, I'm, I'm not going to let you think about me this way anymore." So, oh, so the, the thing—it gets a D from me because people don't act this way. People don't behave this way, and, and this whole—and this is what bugs me now. It's a—it's a 1960s and 70s approach to the whole secret identity thing you know ooh i can't tell anybody my secret identity even though by not telling them i'm making them all more vulnerable because when norman osborn walks up to him they won't think anything is wrong they won't be suspicious you know so he's putting them in more harm's way by not telling the people he loves who he is and what he does people don't and, and that's why that that's why this issue is very upsetting because people do not act this way and i hate it when writers because of whatever predetermined agenda they have, or whatever story they ta- or, try- or point they're trying to make, they completely ignore human nature to tell the story. Hmm. Wow. Hey Jr.
1: Jr. Yes. That was a good explanation.
5: <laughs> and um, besides, is Boston really that far away? I mean, come on, you got trains and, and commuter jets going back and forth between Boston and New York. That's not that far away. I live nine. Hours and five hundred miles from my mother, and I haven't seen her in four years. Now that's a long way away. Boston to you know New York is nothing. Anyway, hey
0: Jr. Yes, George. Imagine if if this has all gone down. Imagine how differently it would have gone down, or how how quickly the wheels would have come off the bus if Gwen Stacy had been his girlfriend, and he told Gwen Stacy, "Oh, we have this thing. Betty and I have this thing that I have to be with with her for." (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
5: It makes it it it, it 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 the story just kind of feels wrong. It just it, it really just doesn't seem right on any level. Um, so
1: yeah, uh, I think we haven't heard from Bailey yet.
5: Um,
6: I'm going to take it from a, a different position than how the others have been talking about this. Cool. Uh, Peter was depending on who you're talking to, 15 or 16 when Uncle Ben died. Um, Aunt May was depending on the continuity either forty or one hundred and seventy. <laughs>
3: uh, so it, it really depends. But now, That's awesome!
6: I sucked at math in high school, but I you can. Nailed
1: that, you nailed that one.
6: But I can. I can do. I can know that Aunt May is, is the adult and Peter is the teenager. A traumatic event has happened in their lives. Uh, Her husband, his uncle and father figure, is dead. Her first concern as the adult in the situation should be, how is my nephew, not oh, woe is me. When my mom died, Uh, The day my mom died, it was early afternoon. I got called home from school. It happened. And about an hour or two after it happened, I left the house. I got out of there because I couldn't be there. I couldn't be with my family at that moment. I had too much going on in my head to deal with what was going on with everybody else in the house dealing with the same thing. So I really feel for Peter. And I'm talking from May's perspective, not Peter's perspective, because we all know from Peter's perspective, he was out catching the killer. But from May's perspective, she should have looked at that situation and said, he was really upset and he needed to get out. I'm here with Anna. Therefore, I'm okay. Her first fucking reaction should not have been, I needed you and you weren't there when you were 16 and emotionally incapable of dealing with these things. That is why I hate this issue. That is why I will give it an F. Because, and and it's really weird that sometimes like this, these, these little moments will creep up and make me hate everything. It's like, you know, I, I wasn't loving this issue beforehand. I, too... Was uh, a little weirded out at them having this movie night and Peter, you know, you know, like I-, I swear to God, if my wife was in the hospital, even when we were just dating, and some guy she used to kind of hang out with and maybe quasi date as well came and said, "Well, I'm going to go spend some time with her. You go wait in the w- in, 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 in the waiting room." It's like, no, fuck you, and everyone that looks like you. <laughs> no, I'm going to
5: be in here with with my girlfriend. So, but it's movie
3: night. <laughs> yeah,
5: that, that's kind of what, like, was it George who was saying, um, you know, you hate to make a, a judgment about a writer, what they do or don't know about relationships, because we don't know anything about yeah. Dance Slot. I don't know anything no. about Dance Slot, so I don't want to make any, but it's like you almost got to wonder. I mean, <laughs> you, you do. You kind of, well, what was his relationship with his mother what was his relationship with has he had a significant other what was his relationship with this person you know even though we have really no business speculating it almost kind of makes you wonder it lends
6: (laughs) itself to it though it's it's not like it's not like we're looking at a at at a fight scene you know in a in in an average issue of amazing spider-man going well what's dan slott really thinking here it's it's no this Uh, decisions they make, and and, you know, writers can do opposite of what they're accustomed to. So, there's that, too. You know, according to Joey Q, he has a wonderful marriage, he just doesn't want Peter to. So...
0: (laughs) Is that like a quote? (laughs) Well, no, according to Joe Quisset, he he stopped being cool when he got married.
1: Yeah. uh, I I do remember that one.
0: But,
6: I, I just... I just think it was a poorly conceived story. I think... I think it was a cheap, cheap move to have her get attacked. Because this felt like, you know, when you're watching like St. Elsewhere or Hill Street Blues or like L.A. Law or, or, you know, pick your hour long drama and suddenly one of the main characters or one of the supporting main characters that you see a lot is just attacked. And we have to see how everyone reacts to it. Uh, you know, with everything going on, else going on, and the fact that Betty Brandt, I'm sorry, is not like the most important supporting character in Peter's life at this moment, that would be Carly, or so we keep getting told, uh, especially in 668. Um, that, you know, I, I just having her attacked feels like the writer going, hmm, I'm kind of stuck for a story. You know what? Maybe I'll have her be attacked. She won't be raped. And I'll point that out in the story because God knows they'll complain about it and ask the editor about it. And then the editor will have to say it did or did not happen. And it'll be this whole big thing on the Internet. And I'll go to new to uh, message boards where I've been banned and read about it. <laughs> Sorry. I had, to, I, had to, I had to throw that in there for absolutely no reason. It's
4: it, like it just, it. It
6: just from top to bottom, this issue just in, frustrated and infuriated me. So yeah.
4: F.
1: I guess I'm the last one, aren't I? Um, prose uh, said before, artwork is nice. Uh, I've never heard of Ryan Stegman before, but he does a really good uh, pencils. I liked what Zach said. It reminded me a bit of uh, McFarlane, that two-page spread with all the webs everywhere, and you had little panels. thought that was really creative. Um, the cons, uh, absolutely. The... Uh, there's no way a dude is, unless he's going off to be Venom, and even then he would stop and say, no, I'm sorry, Puny Parker is not hanging out with my girlfriend. That's not
3: going to happen. But he has uh, nothing to worry about. Betty has never had an adulterous bone in her body. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> nice. That that was just off. As far as the Aunt May, I wasn't as offended by the rest of you, because I, I see Aunt May as a guilt trip Character for Peter, so I, I I can understand because we always this book is about responsibility and it was just brought up even more to the forefront from the character that best resembles his failure of responsibility. Well, I mean, since Aunt Uncle Ben can't talk, but I, I, I'm not as offended by Aunt May doing it, so as the rest of you. So I'll give it a B minus. I'm, I'm hanging in there with Stella on that one. <laughs> Okay, man, we got to plow through these a lot quicker than that one. But I think that one—did that one read almost like a fill-in kind of issues for you guys? I mean, it was like a fill-in before. It's a uh, a one-off story.
0: I mean, it doesn't have anything to do with the yeah.
1: So uh, we're starting Spider Island hashtag uh, now, as Bertoni likes to call it. (laughs) This next one uh, is amazing. Six sixty-six. It's the prelude, (laughs) as if the other one wasn't. Oh, that was the road. Spider Island. The
3: Spider-Island. Infested. Road to Spider-Island. Now this prelude to Spider-Island. Now Island.
1: preluding it uh, with the, the Statue of Liberty with the Spider-Man face on the cover. This one's written by Dan Slott and Stefano Caselli. It's artist.
4: a prologue. It's not a prelude.
1: I'm reading the front underneath 666. Oh, well, prelude.
4: Well, yeah, okay. It says that,
1: yeah, uh, but inside Stefano the... Caselli is one of Kevin's favorites, I remember. Um, what happens in this one? Bertone, sum it up.
3: Uh, he's out doing Spidey stuff, talking about how he's never really, you know, been serious about being Spidey before until now. He, uh, fights Hydro man and in the background, uh, Jackal is, uh, in a lab with a bunch of clones of himself. There's a mysterious woman who, uh, introduces a mysterious specimen. We have to guess who they both are. Um, the mysterious specimen's mutated into the Spider-King. Yeah, I think it's the Spider-King. And, uh... This mysterious woman's able to control it. Carly has something important to tell Peter, but Peter kind of takes a tour over the different stuff in his life. Uh, He uh, goes to the FF. He goes to Avengers Mansion to play poker. And then when he finally goes to Carly, he says, "Ah, actually, can we talk in the morning? And they do. And then Madam Web is talking about how there is an island of spiders and we get a big, crazy splash page of people swinging.
1: Yeah. Uh, Your thoughts, Josh?
3: I didn't like Peter acting like, well, I've never really been, like, oh, cool, look at me, I just changed cartridges midair, isn't that awesome? Like, you know, who is he talking to? And, like, he's acting like he's never been able to do this stuff until now, like, all of a sudden he's getting good at it. Um, I did like the young allies, when Spider-Man saves them, they kind of have a reverence for him. Which is cool, as opposed to you know a few months ago in Avengers Academy, where Giant Man's like, "That's perfect, Spider Man, because you're the example of what heroes shouldn't do, because you're such a loser, and we all hate you." Like, so. Peter Parker's a loser. Yeah. Loser.
1: I, I love that line. It means we're Spidey's amazing friends. Yeah, I you thought would That love was that really line. cute. Out of Firestar. Yeah, that was cute.
3: There was. Um, if you need to know about Spider Man's current status quo. This is a good issue to, like, introduce you to that. Because you see him interact with the FF, the Avengers, you know. You see most of the people in his life. So, for that, this is a good primer on current Spidey. Whether or not you like current Spidey or not's another thing. I thought Madame Web was super annoying... Um, I guess Peter did too. I I don't know if that was supposed to be the point or not if she was supposed to be super annoying, but I, I hated that. I liked the poker scene with the Avengers where they talk about how they didn't play with him before because he had his spider sense and <laughs> no, but you I'm know, but now they can like swindle him for money that, that was kinda of funny. Um, you know, and then Ben Graham, you know, talking about Mary Jane, just, you know, that little familiarity there. I liked that I don't know how I feel about all those Miles Warren's clones, that was very, very 90s, very, very over-the-top, and I don't know if they're calling back to that to spoof it, or... It, it, it was just... Re- the clone saga got ridiculous when they added, like, you know, a dozen clones everywhere. I hate to do this, guys, and go, uh... Uh, does Bailey want to go? Or does he have time, or does he have to go? <sighs> Bailey?
6: Yeah, I I, I I got I got time. I'm sorry. Just, okay. Uh, he just wasn't finished, so I was kind of given like the two minute warning, basically.
3: Oh, okay. okay. I'll, 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 I'll I'll wrap it up. That last page, it's just everybody web That's it. Just shows how ridiculous this whole Spider Island hashtag thing is, and we don't need a hashtag on the cover. That you know, and which wasn't as bad as the Free Daily Bugle issue from the weeks before, where there was like six hashtags throughout that whole thing. Um, yeah. I'll give it a C plus.
1: All right, Bailey. What's your grade on this one?
3: Uh, I'll actually give it a B.
6: It was an enjoyable story. I uh, I didn't find any. I mean, after the last issue, just about anything is going to be good by comparison. So uh, I I would take like a full run of Terry Kavanaugh after uh, <laughs> after the previous issue, and you know it, it sets up Spider Island. Uh, it, it's kind of sad because it because this issue kind of made me go ah maybe it's not going to be that be that bad, and then like the next two issues, I'm like, is this done already? Because uh, I'm kind of tired with uh, of it already. Like at the end of the first official part of Spider Island, I was done. I was just like, oh god, everyone has Spider Man powers. This is. <sighs> well,
1: what's your, you give it a B. Let's do the other two issues grades and a couple um, of six sixty seven uh, grades. Six
6: sixty seven. I'll give a C mainly because of the apathy I felt at the end of it. I mean, it set up everything it needed to set up. So on a technical level, it was fine. Yeah. But I just, I just got to the end and I'm like, wait a second. This is going to be like three months of everyone having Spider Man's powers. Yeah. I'm bored. And like 668. Uh, 668, I actually liked a little bit better, mainly because I really liked Peter, like, rallying the people of New York to come and, and, and help out with the people that were abusing the power. And it was it was a good Peter moment in that case. Uh, the one moment I didn't like in that, and George is going to laugh, um, is once again we have to have Mary Jane going, and that's why Carly Cooper is the most awesome woman that has ever existed in Peter's life ever. You know, I don't have as much of a conspiracy bent to it as some other fans do with the whole Carly Cooper thing. But when I read that, I'm like, wow, that's just, yeah, bad. Um, but that was really the only con I had. Well, I am kind of, I, I really didn't like the interplay between Carly and Peter either. The whole, oh, I have powers and maybe I'll show you how to use them, huh? Huh, Peter? Huh? Huh? Because you're not Spider Man, so you don't know how to use these, and I've had them for 20 minutes, so I got a leg up on you. Huh? Really? Huh? So, uh, I'll give the, I'll give 68 a B minus.
1: On that note, you have a good dinner with your dad, and I appreciate you. Yeah,
6: that. sorry, uh, Spider Jeopardy just took longer than I thought it would.
1: It, it does every year. <laughs>
6: <laughs> but I had right, fun, buddy. and thanks a lot, and goodbye, everybody. Have fun. We love you, you, Bailey. you,
1: Bailey. Bye, um, Bailey. Well, oh, I just. <laughs> <you laughs> did, did. That's the second time you've done <laughs> it today. So sorry. Okay, You're um, sure. Stella, six sixty-six. Which I th- doesn't have the Sinister 666 in it, surprisingly.
2: Oh, and it doesn't have uh, Mephisto, Mephisto in either. Yeah. either.
1: Uh,
2: I thought that the art was well done, and, and I think that it was probably the best part of the issue. I don't know if I have any particular pros or cons, except that whole Nora-Phil interaction, which was really strange. Um, you know, I thought it was well written overall. The transitions were well done, and the panels weren't cluttered or confusing. I do wonder, you know, about MJ's role in uh Amazing Spider Man right now, you know, is she gonna be calling Peter all the time now and acting like a mother? I like the fact that she's the only one that knows the secret because that could really deepen her, her role in this comic. But I mean as we go further in these other issues, I mean, obviously she's kind of getting uh, the fuzzy end of the stick. Uh, I, I like the fact that Pete has <laughs> upgraded and can just flip a switch to change outfits. I kinda I, I find those uh panels fun. Regarding Miles Warren, number one, I guess we have to refer to him. You know, how does he know Peter's ID? I don't know if this was missing in, like, the main issue of Spider Island. I don't know. I just wonder, okay, I thought everyone was... But they didn't know. For Tony enough. was that
1: addressed in that? Uh, was never explained.
2: Show? I mean, they, they
1: explained.
3: Like, um, oh, I mean, they, they say yeah. how he found out originally, which is different than the way he originally originally found out. But they don't explain how he got past the psychic mind block. And I'm sure Marvel's explanation is, well, he cloned Spider-Man, so of course the mind block doesn't affect him. But you know, Osborn was behind that too, so it affected him. We get inconsistent rules with this mind wipe. Yeah.
2: Uh, and finally, I feel like I I seem to be missing something. But where did all the pre Spider Island stuff actually happen? I e the infesting bed bugs because I don't remember reading it. Was in it. The
1: ba- it was in the backup stories. Remember the jackal? Oh. He said I
2: created the bed bugs, etc. Okay, I guess it was just that memorable. Uh, uh, or memorable. <laughs> I, I give this a B plus though overall. Okay,
1: uh, Jr.
5: Um, I was about to say, I just actually finished off a piece of cake, so I'm feeling pretty good now. Spencer, <laughs> I want more cake! Uh, anyway, um, I am... Um, it's on now. Yeah. You know, I I, actually I liked this issue for the most part. I really did, particularly because of all the one liners and the slams, you know, or, or, you know, beginning with Spider-Man saying, oh, recurring villain, villain here. Let me punch your card, you know, and Jonah talking about being the most beloved mayor that the city's ever had. And and, you know, and, and then this is where, like. It's like you know, Slot says Peter, you know, has Peter saying, "Ooh, in the history of relationships, nothing good has ever come from a woman saying we need to talk." That's absolutely true, absolutely yes. true. So how does that reconcile with the Slot of who doesn't seem to know anything about human relationships in 665? But, you know, and then and then my favorite was you know the thing talking about how much he liked Mary Jane. Oh, well, I liked her. She had a real next girl next door thing going. And Spider-Man goes, you're from Yancey Street. Girls next door are missing prominent teeth. You know, <laughs> I, you know I like the fact that Jacko was back in his tacky 70s furry outfit. Um, you know, I, I mean, as far as set of issues go, I kind of liked it. The, the only thing is I got tired of, I really hate the Madam Web character. You know, whether, whether, whether she's an old crone or whether she's, you know, uh, young and screwable or whatever. I mean, it's... it's <laughs> Whenever you get this character like this, they always start talking mumbo jumbo. You know, it's like, oh, you know, this you're you're about to face a great challenge, or oh, the the web of life is dangling by a thread, or oh, you know, destiny is in the horizon, and I can see, you know, in my crystal ball that all kinds of crazy shit's going to happen, but I'm not going to tell you any <laughs> about it. You know, anything <laughs> about it. I really hate that. That that just it's so old. We just we had a whole bunch of that during. Um, the, the the what the hell? What did we call it? the the Grim Hunt? Yeah. yeah, you know, and and then it, it's like people, other people have said, okay, Miles Warren knows that Peter Parker, Spider Man, and Norman Osborn doesn't. That bugs me a little bit. So, but overall, I, I gave this issue a B minus.
1: Okay, someone who's young and screwable, Zach. Uh,
0: Zach, what's oh your? <laughs> yeah. Oh hell yeah! That's a great. That's the best segue you've ever
4: ever given me ever. I didn't just
0: throw up a little bit in my mouth. I'm doing it repeatedly.
4: Six sixty six was my favorite issue of the month. Uh, I'm giving it an A. I enjoyed the hell out of it. The re-read re-readability of it was was ex- extremely high. The artwork was really good. I couldn't find anything that was wrong other than the, you know, annoying. Um, <laughs> Annoying uh, Carly moments, but uh, you know I look past that, and, and it, it really did a great job. They crammed a lot in this issue. Slot really, you know, he's shown through on this issue, and I really, really, really liked it. So um, yeah, I mean I, I can't really find any th- any problems with it other than um, Cain the Cain resurrection, but okay. um, I, I have problems with that because of a different issue. Not the, uh, not this issue. So,
1: a out of you, Hey out of Dick, me, George. Um,
0: I I don't know. I I like I like the artwork. Uh, I always lead off with that. I'm trying to say something positive. I have trouble with uh, thinking of Firestar or some kind of rookie when she's been an Avenger for a while. You know, when I actually read an Avengers run where she featured prominently. You know, West oh. nice Coast. Um, no, she was.
1: No, she was in the uh, Kurt Busick. yeah, run George Perez, yeah, with her um,
0: boy,
1: boyfriend Justice.
0: Oh God, yeah, he was annoying. <laughs> um, I, I like, you know, some of the fight scenes in here. Um, suddenly, Phil Urich has gone from ripping off the Joker to ripping off uh, Tetsuo from Akira, um, with that spiky hair. You know, he does. He looks quasi, you know, manga here. Um, that's something that J.R. pointed out about, uh, the relationships and everything, it made me start thinking, um, or maybe it was Stella who brought this up, that she, you know, that Mary Jane now is more mothering Peter than anything else. Maybe that's why they're shipping Aunt May off, because Aunt May's becoming, Aunt May's dropping stuff out that is making people hate her, and I don't think that that's necessarily what Slot had intended. I thought Slot, you know, intended that people would be like, oh, Aunt May, oh, she's, you know, don't be so hard on Peter or whatever, but, um... I think maybe that's why they're shuffling May off because they want Mary Jane to become like the motherly figure who always reminds Peter to make make sure he gets to his date on time with Carly, which makes me want to punch a kitten in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that is just that is, that is God bless you know. Um, I, uh, I I should have I know I should have enjoyed the uh, seeing the Fantastic Four stuff in here, but the Fantastic Foundation crap throws it all off. But are all wearing those goofy-ass outfits, and, yeah, I just... I, I oh, Byrne gave
1: him new outfits back in the 80s. Come on.
0: Byrne gave him the same damn outfit.
1: He just reversed the colors, Brad. That's a s- new outfit still. Don't <laughs> pick on their outfits. It looks a- <laughs> Bullshit, I'm
0: going to pick on the outfits. Those outfits
5: <laughs> suck. <laughs> damn
0: right I'm going to shit on the outfits, son. All right. Um, I like seeing Chin Chin here, obviously. Um... <laughs> Julia Carpenter didn't bug me all that much. The scene looks like it's a straight-up rip-off of The Matrix, you know, like Fishburne and Neo or what the, what the hell ever. Um And she is, you know, she is so mystic, you know. You're like, oh, what does the future say? Are we getting the pizza later? And she's like, I can't answer the, the strands or, you know, or whatever. It's like a magic 8-ball, except she's, you know, as JR says, screwable. Um,
1: <laughs> screwable 8-ball.
0: Yeah. Uh I don't know. This was, I mean, it had, it had a couple of interesting beats. Um, it's got some mischaracterization. I'm really not digging the whole, ooh, everyone's got spider powers thing, uh, or the con- concept of it. It seems like maybe that would be like a, a nice limited yeah. series or something like that. Um, but I did like the artwork. Uh, I'll give this one a C plus.
1: Okay, I don't really have much more to add. Ever since I'm the last one to wrap it up, <laughs> I don't really. Um, the the amazing friends line I thought was cute. The poker line was cute. Um, it m- made me wonder about the uh, the clone saga. So Zach, help me in, out on this.
0: Sure. The um,
1: did he make Miles Warren clones back in the day? Oh yes. Oh yes. But in the in the guise of Miles Warren, though.
4: No. Yeah. Was, I mean, he or made... were they jackals? No, they were Miles Warren. He made it. He made a one. Uh, he made a Miles Warren clone named uh, Warren Miles, and he okay. married the uh, the Gwen clone. Oh, so he could so, live out his little fan, you know, and sick if, if you're
1: wondering, the Gwen clone died after how many issues in that one
4: shot? Uh, yeah, no, we'll we'll she talk about that. that. in The disrecommendations. I mean recommendations. Okay,
1: <laughs> uh, I'll give it. I'll give it a B. It's a, it's an okay launch to a. A crossover that I'm just kind of meh about. I mean, I, I've it's not like the idea of Secret Wars that all my favorite heroes are on a planet, or it's, or a character takes over the the black suit that Spidey rejected. It's not it's not like uh, the best concept I've ever heard of Amazing Spider-Man. So, be it. next one has an awesome cover. Uh, with various Spider-Man costumes over the years. We have uh, the Tron costume, the the hoodies on the cover. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Ben. <laughs> Spider-Ben's on the cover. Um,
3: what, what is what? up with the Hulk's head?
1: Hulk is wearing Iron Spider, Negative Zone Spider with Luke Cage, the black costume with a cloak. What is uh, Dagger wearing? What costume is that? I don't remember the Just spider costume Just her costume,
4: costume with, the, with spiders, you know, oh, okay. in the, in the cleavage.
1: Spider cleavage. <laughs> <laughs> this one uh, is uh, written by Mister Slot. Also, uh, it's penciled by Humberto Ramos, and called Spider Island Part One: The Amazing Spider Manhattan. So, uh, Jr., you start off with this one.
5: Uh, okay, I was about to say I'm going to have to holler at Spencer again. He hasn't brought me more cake. Um,
1: more
4: cake, I, boy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what you I did get get around here for.
5: Yeah, I. You know, this issue is okay. I, I give it another B minus. I actually did like 666 better. Um, the story moves along fine, but there are just some little glitches here. Um, you know, I liked I liked Shang. Is it shang Chai or Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi. Or, or whatever? Yeah, well anyway, I like that Chinese guy better when he wore a big red kimono and he ran around without shoes and he actually looked like he was a kung fu badass, you know, and Fu Manchu was his old man. You know, here it looks like he's the guy who brings you your you know, brings you your take uh in a Chinese oh. restaurant, you know. So
1: <laughs> you know, <laughs>
5: I just really like the way he looked thirty something years ago. Uh, and yeah. Mates never lived outside of New York before. I mean, didn't she go? Didn't she go out to Florida and hang out with Aunt Anna for a few times yeah. back in the yeah. old days? You I don't think that they
3: moved there permanently, though. Like no, she, it, whenever she went there, she just lived. It, it was like vacation.
5: Yeah, but I mean, it's like, but like moving to Boston, like I was kind of mentioned before, moving to Boston is is like a transcontinental trip. You know, that's how they're treat. That's how they're talking about it. You know, so it, just little, little little grouchy things that you know, or or I guess curmudgeonly things I have to say. But <laughs> I love I love J, I love some of JJJ's J J's lines. Damn right, I'm a visionary. So and you know B minus.
1: Okay. Uh who haven't we hit up? Stella did I did I get you for six sixty six? Yeah I did. We started yeah. off. We're on six sixty seven.
2: Stella hit up six sixty seven. Okay. <clears throat> you okay? Yes, yeah, I uh I'm I'm like at the end stage of a cold, so sometimes it's worse than others. Okay, so six sixty seven. <laughs> Your Power Rangers
3: text message. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> okay, so flashback awesome. hello, flashback to Spider Man Rain. You know, weird how much he's focusing on sexual contact, potentially being the reason Carly has powers. Um, Um, Aunt May sure made a switch from saying, I've never been this disappointing in you since your Uncle Ben died, to, I'm so proud of you. Proud of the man you become. Smallville, okay, so I flashed also back, oh, see, Michael's not here, but the Smallville episode where Lana gets superpowers, oh, Josh, you'll know this. Oh, no. You know, I like that Carly is having fun with this, uh, but, you know, initially when I was reading this, I thought, well, I wonder, you know, what it would be like if she knew his secret and they worked together, but then later on, of course, we do see them work together, so I actually actually kind of enjoyed that. I thought that this was going to be a really dumb idea when I first heard of it, this whole Spider Island business, but I'm actually finding it entertaining, so I think that my lesson learned so far with also DC and you because Batwing I thought was pretty good is that if I think things are going to be really dumb and terrible I'm not disappointed so that's what I'm going to go into um, it's it's fun to see all the Spider-Men running around and it's certainly going to be a challenge for all the heroes to defeat them since everyone in Flight Club what what knows how powerful <laughs> Spider-Man is uh, I like seeing other characters in Spidey's book but with Spidey still maintaining the lead character position because we've had issues where it's Spider-Man's book but hey why is this guy actually taking over? So, a minus for me.
1: Okay. Um, before we move on, a question to the historians in the panel: Has has Peter ever said uh, called Aunt May mom before? He did uh, six six five. Well, well I mean,
5: <laughs> before that, I, I, I don't recall that he has ever called her mom directly. Um,
1: I, I, that just stuck out at me when I read it. I Although concerned. I don't
5: think that, to be honest, I don't think it's that abnormal. I mean, I think it's
1: no, I don't either. But I just I, but yeah, I just, that just stood stood out to me when I read it. I'm like, whoa, he's, he's never called her mom before. Yeah,
5: uh, I yeah, that, you know, really that that's. It, it, that's the one, actually that's the one obvious thing about the relationship that really wasn't touched on for so many years. You know, it was always oh she's like my mother and no no she is his mother. That's why she acted so and that's why she acted so goofy all the time and so protective and and mm-hmm. airheaded because she was his mother. So yeah, that yeah. doesn't bother me at all. Right. Okay, uh,
1: Bertoni, what do you think?
5: Here's
3: where some of the Spider Island hashtag kind of fails for me. Okay, these people. Just got powers. They've had it for maybe a day. They're already able to go toe-to-toe with the Avengers and the FF and give the Avengers and FF a run for their money? It's, uh... Like, that's like these people have powers, but some of them should be stumbling. Like, when Carly web-slings out of the cab and onto the bridge, you know, wouldn't she, like, bang into something or maybe her web would miss? Like, everyone's just instinctually good. It took Spider-Man years to get to this level. And again, like, even when he, you know, got his butt handed to him in his early, like, fights with the FF and stuff, that was, like, rookie FF. Now you have an FF and Avengers who have been operating in the Marvel Universe for maybe, like... 10 or 15 years. And these people who've had powers for a day, they're able to go toe-to-toe with them on this, and that's where this fails for me. Everyone has their powers, and automatically, they not only know how to use it, but they know how to use it just as well as Peter does. Um, this feels like a 90s crossover to the vein of, like, maximum carnage. its uh, I don't think that this works well for a modern comic setting. I'm going to keep this brief because other people have to go, so I'm going to give this a C and leave it at that.
1: Okay, Zach?
4: Uh I didn't like this as much as as the previous issue. I love the cover I love the hoodie I love the spider band I love all the costumes everything like that um the whole Carly thing I liked the whole fake out that you first get whenever you're uh uh when you get the opening splash page I did like it but uh the fact that Carly cooper acts like a buffoon this entire this entire issue just bothers me
1: um. Do you think do you think the writers really are trying to make us like this person, or are they in on the joke that we hate her?
2: I don't. Like, I, I don't think everyone hates her though.
0: I, I mean, seen yes, very many people I,
2: I'm that like partial Carly to Jane, but
0: you know. Okay, let me let me put it this way. There's a character, or or a character. There's a guy on our message boards right now who who has defended Brand New Day, Slot, Whacker to the teeth. If if Tomorrow News remember that a story that said uh, Spidey's new power is that he's going to fart flying saucers, this guy <laughs> would be like, well, let's see where this goes. Let's <laughs> not judge it before we read anything. Let's. Uh, I'm interested to see how this plays out. He hates Cardi Cooper now, and he hated the marriage, and now he's like, "Well, I want the marriage back now," mm-hmm. because because this Cardi Cooper crap has gotten that bad. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, if, if they've I, lost I just fighting think, the tree, then
1: I, I just think that the writers, they I don't know, I I, I the writer, the writer I
3: Carly just kind of suffers from George Lazenby syndrome, where like no matter who yeah. Peter would have dated, yeah. Af- George Lazenby was the first Bond after Connery, and everyone hated him. And it's he was the first Bond after Connery; they were going to hate him no matter what. And Carly's the first girlfriend after Mary Jane, so I mean she doesn't have she doesn't have an easy ride right ahead of, of her. Now it doesn't help by you know Mary Jane saying isn't Carly the greatest thing since sliced bread, but
0: you know mm-hmm. it-, it is stacked against her.
1: It is Sorry, Zach. Like to there's, go off on that rant, but there's such a
0: lack of subtlety in regard to that, to, to how they try to. Yeah, they're they're the beating you over the head with it, and that's, that. Yeah. That doesn't help. Uh, I loved the uh,
4: I loved the Mary Jane joke with the clones. Um, yeah. I, I did like that a lot. Yeah. Um, but Carly Cooper, yeah, just yeah, she just she fails as a character to me. Uh, I liked all the little. Um, all the costumes again, you know. You got a bunch of guys in Spider-Man. Although I really wasn't too happy with the whole giant fat guy in the uh, Spider-Man costume. That was kind of kind of <laughs>
1: gross. There was a bunch of fat guys in the uh, suits. Yeah. The, well, uh, at least it's
4: not, you know, it's at least it's fat on purpose and not fat, you know, not on purpose. <laughs> What's your grade? Uh, I'm going to give it a. I'm going to give it a C. A C. It really wasn't great. It really wasn't
0: bad
1: either. Yeah. George.
0: Uh, Ma ages thirty years between this and the issue before last. And she's back to being an old lady again. Uh, nah, I, I, that's because Ramos was drawing her correctly, and uh, Stegman uh, kind of goofed it up. Um, this this might this story might be a little more interesting, or I could take it more seriously if the jackal wasn't a cackling one note jackass villain. You know, he's supposed to be like this, like mastermind and putting together this whole plot and everything. But I mean, he lets loose with identity theft, and all, he's making these really bad jokes. Again, I go back to let Spider Man do the jokes, and let everybody else play it for real. You know. Well, he kind of he,
4: he he hammed it up pretty much in the Clone Saga.
0: Yeah, well, that, that and that was back. one of the
3: biggest criticisms of the Clone Saga was the Jackals hamming.
0: Yeah, so I mean, at least he's got, he doesn't encourage it. Clone it. Saga doesn't mean he should do it here because that didn't work. Hmm.
1: So uh, it, it, pros, you, you said Ramos got Aunt May right.
0: Yeah, I like Ramos's art, I always do. Um, yeah. So, uh, art's okay. The story, I can't take it seriously. It's not interesting. Uh, the Carly Hammer, the Carly Hammer really kicks into overgear next issue. Um, but I, I'm gonna give it, a will give it a C plus.
1: Okay, I'll give it a B minus in the interest of time. I really don't have anything else to add that hasn't been said. Uh, amazing 668. Zach, when I saw this cover, I thought of you instantly because Peter Parker is wearing a hoodie on the cover. I <laughs> love is. it. He is wearing a hoodie. There's no doubt that he's fighting the jackal with the hoodie. Boom. I mean, it's only <laughs> appropriate. <laughs> exactly. Part two of Spider Island. Peter Parker, the unsuspect- unspectacular Spider-Man. Uh, ladies first, Stella.
2: <clears throat> okay. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, I speak, and it comes true. You know, I thought it was great to see Carly and Peter swinging together, but I felt a little bad for MJ when she saw them. If Pete and Carly are Clark and Lois, then surely MJ is Chloe now. Right, Josh? Right? Um, I don't know how I feel about Carly figuring out that Jackal is the one most likely behind this. Uh, I thought that was... I don't know, like all of a sudden she well, came up with this answer. Uh, I, I would have expected perfect. Peter to be the one to catch on first rather than um, she, but maybe she's imbued with spider brain powers. Uh, it is strange to see Spidey benched, but I'm glad he did not spend the entire issue all emo Arthur-like. Gotta go, Get to Brooklyn Bridge. I liked to call the ordinary citizens to be heroes. I thought that was really yeah. uplifting and moving. It was a fun issue, though, in my opinion, not as fast-paced as part one. And I'm not really the biggest fan of Ramos's art, B+. Okay. JR?
5: Uh, uh, I give this issue a C because, like so many multi-parters, it, it's, it's being stretched out. I mean, it, it seems like the story should have been... You know, should be moving a little bit more quicker to the resolution, but now we're just kind of treading water and continuing to kind of up the ante all the time, and it's, you know, that that's it's starting to get boring now. Um, you know, I was actually starting to like Carly a little better since I thought at least with one hand riding her, you know, she's being a little more consistent but then as George says we go with the Carly Hammer with MJ just sitting there breathless going she's amazing you know and and then, of course, she comes to the conclusion that, oh, it's got to be the Jackal. You know, it's not uh, yeah. it's not all these other mad scientist villains of Spider-Man's like, oh, Norman Osborn. Even though Norman's in jail, Norman has, you know, tentacles everywhere or tentacles everywhere. Oh, speaking of tentacles, how about the other mad scientist, Doc Ock? Or how about another mad scientist, Jonas Harrow? Uh, you know, but it's always oh, got to be the Jackal. And, and, of course, Peter thinks, oh, yeah, it's the Jackal. And, of course... <laughs> You know, the first thing you would think of with the Jackal is, oh, God, not him, the clone saga my whole life. And, you know, he doesn't even think about it. You know, Ben right? I mean, it's like all these images ought to become flooding back with the thought of Miles Warren being back on the playing field. And, no, it's just, you know, like it's, uh, you know, like it's, oh, yeah, I just fought him last Saturday at the boys club or something. So, <laughs> you know, this issue this issue gets a serious it's it's you know and unfortunately we've got like three more parts when really it should be looking at one more part and wrapping up.
1: It reminds me of the maximum <laughs> clonage or carnage, and the fact that I can't really remember part two, part three, part four, et cetera. Can you? Oh, Rob, it all blends. I,
0: yeah, it, I it can't, is, but that's because I you know redid them what a couple of years ago for Spidey Friday it, Night Fights.
1: It's all blending.
3: In fact, in the interest of time, you should have you should have had us grade six 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 seven and six six eight together.
1: Now you tell me. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry, what was your grade on that
0: one? Let's see.
1: George? 668? Uh, six, six,
0: yeah, 668. Uh, more Carly Hammer. Uh, I don't know. It's still that interesting. Jackals, a cackling jackass. Not much has changed. Uh, I'll give it a C. Same thing, C+. plus.
1: Josh?
3: Uh, I'm going to have to say, see, it, 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 this wasn't as bad as the last few issues. The opening scene of Peter getting benched and just, like, walking away like, yes, master, I'll do whatever you say, like, what w- was insulting, you know, like, uh... You Who know, like, told on like, to bench, was it the Cage? They all did. Yeah. They, they all did, and, he, like, you know, and again, like, it just goes with the last issue, where why are all these people so good at their powers... That was, and the scene with Peter, like, doing the inspiring video, that was cool. It was unfortunately ruined uh, weeks in advance by the deadly foes of uh, Spider-Man one-shot, where, like, they have him give the same speech, but they spoil it, and it's very, very unspectacular the way it's portrayed there, where here it's a lot more majestic and inspiring. The first thing that Peter should be thinking, aside from the clone saga, when Carly says it's the jackal, why isn't Peter thinking, oh, my God, I saw him fall to his death, how is he alive? It's you know, and I granted he was alive in that Punisher Daredevil miniseries, but like Peter never found out. Like, why isn't he wondering why this guy's not dead? And when Carly's like, "Oh, my sources tell me it's the Jackal." What sources? That's like, like it's the, the plot decided that Carly knows that it's the Jackal, but we don't get an explanation, and that 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 really bothers me. And. Okay, like, Carly's gotten a lot of hate. Some of it's been deserved, some of it's not. But this whole thing about the Carly hammer, sometimes it's true, other times it's not. Here, it was laid on thick. And even, like, you know, I try not to get so sensitive about this Carly stuff, but here, like, literally, you have Mary Jane being like, look at Carly. Isn't she everything that you'd want to be? Carly's the only one in New- – like Mary Jane literally says Carly's the only one in New York City being responsible. Otherwise, though, th- this wasn't as bad as the last few issues, so I'm just going to give it a C. I'll say C+. Okay,
1: Zach? Uh,
4: this, this issue – first of all, the cover's a pack of lies. Um, it's, that's very true. The cover's true. a pack of lies. Not, not, none of what happens on the cover is actually – Is she even issue. wearing a hoodie in the book? <laughs> he's
1: not wearing a hoodie in the book hang God. on let me
4: look let me look no he's not he's wearing he's a red wearing
1: shirt a, a red shirt with a gray undershirt
4: yep oh. yeah fail. pack of lot <laughs> pack of lot <lies. laughs> complete
1: pack of lies um, oh,
4: Peter oh, Parker oh,
1: oh, end of the book he's got the hoodie well no that's just a regular coat
4: yeah it's just a regular coat it's not a hoodie
1: okay got
4: it uh, yeah fail even more Carly, <laughs> Carly Cooper
0: it's the one thing that this thing wins. I may go up a letter grade.
4: <laughs> um, Carly Cooper is... Uh, Carly Cooper sucks. I'm just saying it now. Nothing. They haven't done anything to develop this character other than, oh, she's so perfect. She's so great. She's so fantastic. She's got a Spider-Man tattoo. And, oh, wait, she's so perfect. Have we told you that yet? <laughs> oh, she's so responsible. That's why you should be with her. No. Screw you and the horse you rode in on, okay? this This is... This was... This was a D. I mean, there was really very little redeeming value of this in this issue. I, I was very disappointed.
1: Uh, the best part of the book, the pro, was the responsible up on the lamppost saying, hey, guys, let's go use our powers responsibly. Um, and, and again, like I said earlier, the, it just kind of gets lost as a part two of part... This is one of the problems with the Spider books in the 90s, where Amazing was pa- always part two of a four-part storyline. Uh, I... Don't really. Uh, the Mary Jane tugged at the heartstrings. I guess that's part of what it's supposed to do if the long term goal is to get her back with Peter. That's
0: not uh, their long-term goal. Right? Their long-term goal is Carly Cooper. Carly Cooper, Carly yeah. Cooper.
1: <laughs> I I would still disagree. I think That's long-term. why they're having Mary
0: Jane say she's talk about how amazing she is like every That's, a, that's apparently like one of Mary Jane's roles now is to just is to just boost up Carly Cooper to Peter.
1: I disagree. I think that was there to tug at our heartstrings to make us want Mary Jane back. <laughs> but that's just me. Uh B minus out of me for that one. All right. 4 books in 1 month. My god. That's a lot. All right. That's what she on. said.
3: <laughs>
1: um, let's see. I've got to. have got to open up this website. I've been waiting all this time, and Jr. I didn't even have Sam Ruby open for you.
5: Well, I was about to say, as long as we've been on, do we? Yeah. You know, do we need to do that?
1: Uh, this episode is 121.
5: Yeah, we can. Let's, you can do Spire history. It's
1: fine. You want to, Jr. If you don't, fine.
5: We'll take now, a nap. I, I just don't want to wear out my or our welcome, you know. I mean, but uh, I mean, I'm willing to do it. I've got my notes and everything. So,
3: oh, if you made notes, let's do it then. I'm, I'm, got I'm, it. I'm eager to hear this one. Okay,
5: it's not going right. to be a Joey Z. Okay, nobody expected that was a once in a year. or so. so. <laughs> take Z a Z bite Z of happened. cake and we'll
3: see. <laughs>
1: Joey Z got more reaction. That. that was just freaking hilarious. I uh, take another bite of cake. We're doing a, this month of Spider History. We're going back to September of 1986. Amazing Spider-Man number two eighty came out. This one uh, was written by Tom DeFalco, art by Ron Friends. Subject or the title of the book was "Introducing the Sinister Syndicate." Uh, this has the first appearance of all of them, and it also was—is this the last appearance of Shoshan? Is that right, for
3: It's her last speaking appearance. Um, she okay. shows up at Mary Jane and Peter's wedding, doesn't say a word, and then. She has like a splash page in a web annual, but you, this is her last speaking role until uh, the Greg Weisman story from a year or two ago.
5: Jr.,
1: take us through this one.
5: <laughs> well, you know, it's this is a Tom Defalco. This is one of those. It's not a plant man uh, of that nature, but it's you know, it's not a it's not you know top tier Defalco either. It's a typical you know. 80s story where there's a whole bunch of villains and a lot of fighting and guest stars, you know, Silver Sable guest stars. Basically, the, the premise is Silver Sable is hired to go after this this horrible interla- international terrorist called Jack O'Lantern, who is our old buddy Jason McIndale. Awesome. Uh, and yeah, oh yeah, yeah, he was really awesome, yeah, yeah, boy. And uh, but you know, of course, Jack O' Lantern is too smart for Sable and our hero, so he he turns the Sinister Syndicate, which is a bunch of uh, C-list villains, uh, <laughs> onto on Spider-Man. And they it's have a, this it's big. It's of-
1: Sinister Six, right?
5: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So you know, with with the Beetle and and uh, you know, Hydra Man and the Rhino and. and who the hell is Speed Demon? I mean, you know, it's like he is like. I mean, it, we've got like the Wizard, Speed Demon, Quicksilver. You know, I mean, do we have do we have anybody named Hermes or Mercury or you know or you know diarrhea or something like that? Something else that moves quick. <laughs> that's easy vulture. Bombing <laughs> vulture. Anyway, uh, but but the real highlight of it, the, the there's two highlights of the issue actually. One is. Uh, we get a little bit more on the hobgoblin mystery because we have Roderick, well, apparently Roderick Kingsley and a shadowy figure who's the hobgoblin appearing together. So it could be, ooh, you know, so if you were thinking Kingsley was a hobgoblin, uh, is it like, oh no, it can't be Kingsley, can it? But then later in the issue, Mary Jane runs into the hobgoblin and she knows him quite well. And they walk in arm in arm. Down the street and they're just chit chatting you know in a lovely sort of fashion about the weather and everything. So, you know, for, even though the Falco had his own idea of who the Hobgoblin should be, uh, because apparently he wanted he was going to he wanted it to be Richard Fisk, he didn't he didn't wi- really wind up um, ruining any of Roger Stern's. Uh, old clues so i mean you could you could obviously go to this and say well obviously the kingsley we think is roderick is really daniel and that's why mary jane knows the hobgoblin because it's kingsley and so it all fits in perfectly so you know like i said it's amazing that all that run after all those years after stern was off on the title nothing really happened to you know to to when the reveal came that Kingsley was the Hobgoblin, for you to go, ah, no, that couldn't be. <laughs> of course, the favorite part of the story is is another one of uh, another example of Betty Brant's obviously obvious mental illness, um, where you know she goes to see Flash in the hospital, and there of course runs into Shashan, and then after she screwed around with Flash, and then co- goes home to find out that Ned's leaving her, she can't figure out why, you know. And I know Brattony it, can do this. Yeah, but, you know what did I do? You know, I just, I just abandoned you on our. You know, I when you were off when we were overseas and you were off on a job, I just completely left the continent to go hang out with an old ex boyfriend. And then when <laughs> you were, and then when you were off, you know, doing all all kinds of other work trying to put food on the table, I'm off screwing around this. Washed up old jock, you know. And <laughs> you then know.
1: I have movie night on Fridays. with Exactly. Peter Parker. <laughs> <laughs> I've, been having, I've been having
5: movie night with Peter Parker every every month, you know, which we didn't know it, which you know nobody finds out about until you know twenty five years later. But this is one of those things where. You know, when you look at it, I mean, you know, that's why I I like Bertone's series, you know, because it takes something that you never really thought about and it puts it in some kind of twisted perspective like it made sense the whole time time, Betty's obviously mentally ill, you know, and this, you know, and it even goes back to like this this recent issue in 665 where she says she liked Peter more when he was a struggling photographer, that is actually very consistent with Betty as she was portrayed even in the Lee Ditko era, because remember when she was the most in love with Peter is when he was just a kid, a nerdy Kid, you know, but after he became Spider Man and he started becoming more assertive and he started, you know, needling Jonah, you know, and giving Jonah a hard time to his face and stuff. Betty, Betty didn't started backing off. She didn't like it. So that, you know, so she basically, uh, you know, started taking up with Ned Leeds. Um, you know, Betty's really got issues. <laughs> and, and and this is another example of that. So, uh
3: On the very top of the page, she says, "I never realized I was hurting Chashaan's feelings by sleeping with her boyfriend."
5: Wow. So, it, this this is I mean, what what can you say it was it, it was a typical it was a typical, you know, disposable defo- issue near the end. The
1: sinister and, syndicate ever shown up again? I think I, they have.
5: But I don't replace it. I don't know if they've shown up as the sinister syndicate, but I mean, I'm sure the the players have always shown up as when they are when they're like the deadly foes, of Spider Man, or the uh, yeah, you know, or the uh, you know, the relatively mediocre foes of Spider Man or something. Yep, you, like
1: that. you got it. The the deadly foes of Spider Man. The group uh, was featuring the Shocker. I just Google searched it. Let's see. Recently, in the Avengers: The Initiative, half of the syndicate, Hydro Man, Shocker, and Boomerang. Reunite and fight Spider-Man. Yeah, that, that doesn't count. Anyway, um, Bertoni, any rebuttal to that one? You said this is one of your favorite issues. Re- re- rebuttal? That, that that was vindication right there. <laughs>
3: Jr. took the, it to the bank. Uh,
1: Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man number 118 also came out in September of 1986. Written by Peter David. Art by Mike Zek. Ooh, I like Mike Zek. Ashes to Ashes. What was this one about, Jr.
5: Well, this was um, there's a couple of things going on here. The the core of the plot, and this is a Peter David story. So, uh, knowing you know, in Peter David's run here on Spectacular, he had a whole lot of different subplots going on, Uh, and one of the subplots is the foreigner who's, you know, I think this is just before he and the black cat start conspiring against Spider-Man. And the foreigner and the kingpin are having, you know, one of their conversations about, you know, the foreigner says, oh, I'm going to mess with Spider-Man. And the kingpin says, oh, no, you better not. I have plans for Spider-Man. And, you know, so they just say a bunch of odd things and, you know, supervillain type stuff. But the real core of the story is this this small boy who has accidentally obtained superpowers, and he's you know he's kind of like an early version of the ultimate green goblin he can throw fireballs or something and he like incinerated his old man a few issues ago and shield is after him and so shield is like sending these like these mandroids against this little boy and in really one of the a shocking you know a shocking panel at the Very end of the story, they pump him full of lead, and uh, I mean, you've got this boy, you know, dropping after being hit hit, hit by shield, and and, you know them saying, well, you know, Spider-Man, there was no other way, and and Spidey is just absolutely, you know, oh my God, you know, he just shot this kid, shot dead in front of him. It's it's a pretty, um, it's a pretty powerful uh, ending. Uh, and then like is typical during Peter David's run here, then it goes to like a Hill street blues type with the, um, the black background and the white credits. Um, so this was, um, you know, like I said, it, 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 it seems like whenever we we get to this era of spectacular, it's, you know, there's never really a complete story going on. There's so many different things kind of happening, but, uh, you know, it was typically a typical good Peter David issue. Uh, but but the real kicker of this issue, okay? You guys remember when we were talking about Nightcat a little while ago, right? And how yeah. how Stan was chilling, how this was going to be a great character. Well, mm-hmm. I don't know if we've got Nightcat beat, but we've got we've got one that's close. It's a full page ad for a new character that was appearing in Epic's Comics Illustrated. I don't know if you all remember Epic Comics. I think Marvel yeah, yeah. tried to get that going more than once, you know. Anyway, full-page ad. Are you ready for industrial-strength comics? America's hardest-working hero, and it's a construction worker on, a, on a, uh, one of these big, um, what the hell, it looks like a big wrecking ball. Steel grip Starkey, wait for it, and the all-purpose power tool.
0: Oh, dear. <laughs> what is that? Now, if Man.
5: now, if, if now, hey, this is real by Alan Weiss and James Sherman coming this May from Epic Comics. It doesn't say anything. I mean, there's no, you know, we don't, you know, it's it's not being done by Stan, so there's not a whole lot of hyperbole about how it's going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread and a rock album is going to come out with it or whatever. But <laughs> but it is America's hardest working hero, Steel Grip Starkey. And the all-purpose power tool, which it, it almost sounds like a porn character, you know, and and you got to wonder what
0: the all-purpose power tool is. Um, well, you know, back then they had Thunderstrike, and he was a construction worker and already a big tool. So, <laughs> and there's, uh,
5: yeah, I Thunderstrike. That's right. Did he sell better than Thor, according to Tom Defalco? Yep. Uh, anyway, also for although not in the same kind of absurdity, although it is somewhat. Remembered in history. Uh, In bullpen bulletins, Jim Shooter is shilling the new universe, Mm -hmm. you know, with eight interrelated titles. Their world is the world outside your window. The new universe is like nothing else ever done or attempted. For two and a half decades, Marvel Comics has brought the fantastic to life. Now we are bringing life to the fantastic. New universe. (laughs) 25 years. Later, where is the new universe on the garbage bin of history? But uh, and uh, everybody, and after Shooter was gone uh, and ceremoniously dismissed from Marvel, the um, they couldn't the the the, those who were left at Marvel couldn't uh, resist taking a shot at him. As if you recall, in the new universe, Pittsburgh was nuked. So uh, you know that was that kind of tells you all I need to know about the new universe and the aftermath.
1: The next one that came out this month uh, in 86 was Web of Spider-Man number 18, called The Longest Yard, no relation to the Burt Reynolds film. Uh, Writer David Michelinie, art by Mark Silvestri. Is this the one where Spider-Man disappears? The whole issue is no, Spidey's not even in it?
5: Well, no, actually, this was the month before. I think okay. it was, there was a whole missing in action where. Okay, now get this, Spider-Man. Th- this is this is in web where you know where Spider-Man was going off with with uh, Bertone's uh, friend Joy Mercado, who he thinks is Nora Winters. Um, or Nora Winters is the reincarnation of Joey, Merc- Joey Mercado. Um, that's another Bertoniism. You know, there. You know, there's a lot of Bertoniisms. Uh, you know, where he he just kind of has these weird ideas about characters and their relationships with each other. Um, but anyway in the month before you were supposed to believe that Spider-Man was dead and he didn't appear in his regular magazines it was like either a guest star like Silver Sable or I think the Black Cat or Doc Strange or something like that but anyway anyway this issue though Peter Spider-Man comes back and we find out what happened basically Mary Jane's in his apartment worrying about him and he shows up with about the only thing left from his Spider-Man costume is the equivalent of a speedo you know and he and he walks into uh, walks into his apartment but anyway in the previous issue you know, Spider-Man was going on all these trips. Well, he goes out, and I don't know if he's in Pennsylvania or West Virginia, but he goes to a place with a lot of mountains. And in he faces a villain in the mountain known as Magma. Okay. Yeah.
3: So I, I, I
5: suppose that if he were actually fighting in a sewer plant, he the villain he would fight would probably be the turd or something like that. Yeah. So. <laughs> You know, it's to keep that whole thing going here. Uh, Anyway, so basically, this is just a a narrative. Spider Man tells Mary Jane, "Oh, you won't believe the adventures I had." You know, first, like I was out in the middle of nowhere, and I I was, I was, I had no money and no car and no webbing and no food and no nothing. And you know, I got arrested for eating a blueberry pie, which is what happened. He got arrested because he stole a blueberry pie because he was hungry. So anyway, some so, so. he thinks, well, should I fight this and, and not get arrested? But then he's thinking, man, I haven't slept in a while, and so I could really use going to, you know, I could really stand going to jail and, and sleeping. Uh, okay, that's a good enough reason to go to jail, I suppose. Um, and he identifies; he gives his name as Jay Jameson, which is is one of the cute little things. Uh, and you know, basically, a bunch of guys think that they're going to make him his make him their bitch. But after he crushes a, one of the bar. They kind of think better of it. Uh, but anyway, since you're in a small, since we're in a small town, we know that there's a local corrupt sheriff. You know, I mean, it's every small town has an evil, corrupt sheriff. That's just the basics. So what this sheriff has been doing is he's been like letting prisoners go to, you know, and taking them on the slide to this old man who at the first, when you first see this old fat dude, you think he's a perv, you know. But really, no, what he's doing is he's playing a version of the most dangerous game and he's going to. You know he's got he 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 turns these guys loose and he sends out these super powered toys to hunt him down blah 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 very very blah blah anyway yeah. but so Peter goes back and you know it turns out that you know there's a hot female deputy. You know who who actually is the one to arrest Peter. And uh, anyway, the hot deputy has suspicions about the corrupt sheriff and the evil the evil perv. And she's she gets in trouble. Peter goes back, rescues her as a reward for rescuing her. She lets him go. He hitches a ride on a track, finds Mary Jane. You know, and that's the rest of the story. And oh, the only <laughs> thing notable about this issue is the last page, because. The last page, Peter's just standing there on the subway track, and all of a sudden he's pushed in front of an oncoming train, and his spider sense didn't go off. And, folks, you know what this all heralds, don't you? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: That was a good venom. Very good.
5: So, was it a good month? Well,. Yeah, it was a very it was a it was a, it was pretty average. So very average. Yeah. And
1: the other only other one was power. The final issue of Power Man and Iron Fist came out, where Spidey makes a small cameo. Did you ever read that book, Jr.? Nope. 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 That's why it got canceled. Nope.
0: Uh, <laughs> all read right. That book.
1: Did you like it? Well, yeah, I, read, or, I mean, I read Jordan? Power
0: Man and Iron Fist. They also had a big arc in a between uh, like Heroes for Hire and. Um, um, Marvel's team up as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I usually, I usually always like it when Spidey uh, teams up with uh, like Luke Cage and Iron Fist. I think it's always, always a good time.
1: All right, recommendations before we wrap a bow on this episode, and uh, Stella, recommendations this month. She
3: Sorry, recommends uh, mute her um, mic.
2: Yeah, uh, well, yeah, and I was, like, completely unplugged as well. Anyway, well, Josh, I wait until you – I don't – how are we going to do this? Uh,
3: hey, you, you can recommend, and I'll, and I'll back up your recommendation. <laughs> <my turn. clears
2: throat> I recommend, uh, you know, watching Trapped in a Closet uh, because it's, it's a really uplifting <laughs> story.
4: What oh, is that? No. And,
2: um – Well, really, it's it's probably best if you watch it on your own, and, uh, I mean, you get back to me, but, I mean, I learned a lot from it, to be honest, and I'm just glad my name's not Bridget, and I also recommend uh, Happily Divorced, which is a great, like, groundbreaking sitcom with Fran Drescher, and basically what goes on in Happily Divorced is Fran and this guy were married, and they find out 20 years later, is that what that is?
3: Yeah, something like twenty yeah. years I think.
2: Yeah. Well he he discovers that he's actually gay. So they get divorced but they still live in the same house and they're so best best friends and love each other and hijinks and so. Oh great, great, great story time. Um, but no, I recommend reading Essentials. I've been having a blast reading them and it's definitely not been as disappointed as you know, current stories that I've been reading. Um, I've also been reading a lot of Cass Kane as Batgirl, and I just only regret that I have not read it, uh, what, you know, it's taken this long for me to read it. Um, is there anything else? Oh, Samurai Jack? I recently like re got back into that and have been have been watching those and then movies that I've seen I saw The Debt which I thought was really really good and then I just saw Warrior yesterday which was just amazing and, and just really high class movies they really have great themes going with them so overall it's been it's been good. Cool,
1: Josh, recommendation, sir.
2: Uh, Yeah,
3: when I met Stella in San Diego, I said, gosh, this girl is so highbrow, you know, and like, you know, she likes her Latin and her intellectual stuff. I need to, you know, we need to get her slumming. So, um, you know, like Peter and Betty with um, their, uh, you know, uh, Friday night movies, uh, Stella and I have a standing, you know, weekend thing uh, where we watch uh, horrible television. And Happily divorce is a. a, a, you know, quality, quality show, you know, the most contrived of sitcom situations ever. These people are divorced, but they're still living together, and they're still in love with each other, even though he's gay. All the bad sitcom stuff that sitcoms grew out of in the 90s and in the last 10 years, it's like a sitcom that was written in the 70s and 80s, but in a bad way. Not like, oh, this is classic, like, oh, really? They're using this technique? Uh... Uh, you know and uh, still f- neglected to mention you know our favorite character the wacky illegal immigrant cesar um you know he's uh, yeah. th- th- this show is barrels of La- if you if you enjoy bad television and boy is this bad television you know this is um well, 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 watch this with a friend laugh throw popcorn at your tv um i i would recommend that
1: <laughs> okay.
3: Google, Google the theme song on YouTube it'll break you um, well as we know it's September and in September lots of things have gotten number ones Ultimate Spider-Man got a number one um, you know, all of DC books got number one, but the number one that, um, did really awesome this month is the Beatles' number one album actually got re-released. It went onto iTunes, and it's all, and it was number one within a day, and it was number one on the iTunes charts all week, not bad for a band that broke up over 40 years ago. The CD just got re-released, and the CD already sold 60,000 copies in, like, a week, which is more than some issues of Amazing Spider-Man sell. so, uh... If you're not into the Beatles, it's a very, very cheap way to, you know, get into them. It's all their essential songs and just a very good primer for a Beatles fan.
5: Hey hey Bertoni, what was there a deal where they wouldn't they were snubbing iTunes for a long time? Yeah. Um what, why, was, why was that?
3: It wasn't them, it was the people that owned their music. And this whole deal was when Apple, the Beatles had a record company called Apple, but Apple Computers, like, when they came out, they said, well, we're Apple, so we're going to sue you. So they came up with a deal saying, well, we'll be Apple Music, you'll be Apple Computers. But then Apple started doing music, so there was a lawsuit, and it took years. And then the people who controlled the Beatles' music, which the Beatles haven't owned their own songs for decades, Mm -hmm. Um, they they couldn't agree on a price. Like they wanted the Beatles to be on iTunes for an astronomical price, but it, it's all been settled since then.
1: Okay. Any other recommendations?
3: Not from me. Okay, Jr. Jr.
5: Uh, did you? Did, I'm sorry. Somebody, you're you're phasing out. Did you? Uh, did oh. you just call me? Yeah. Okay.
1: Recommendations. Oh,
5: recommendations. Um. Uh, I, I saw something on the History Channel, actually, which which is very surprising, because the History Channel really should be called the Redneck Channel these days, because <laughs> the only shows that it seems to run are like, you know, Redneck Ice Truckers, Redneck Swamp Gator Hunters, Redneck Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa, whoa now, no, Swamp People kicks ass.
2: Uh-oh. <laughs> no. <sighs>
5: No, no, no. I, don't, I, have, I have actually liked an episode or two of Swamp People, but I'm just saying for something that came across as a history channel, and yet it specializes in shows about truckers, gator hunters, tow truck operators, and guys who go to garage sales across the country, I'm a, sorry, I'm a little disappointed. But anyway, the one thing I did see, it was a two-parter. It was The first one was like the rise of the Third Reich, and then the next was the fall of the Third Reich. It wasn't as effective as it could have been. In, but the idea was solid to you know show films and news of what it was like to live in Germany between World War I and World War II as Hitler rose to power. Because I think those of us who live in America, who've had a relatively comfortable life, we look at, you know, the people in Germany, and they go, well, how in the world did they let Hitler rise to power? They must have been, you know, they must have been a bunch of, you know, evil scumbags just like he was. And, and yet this 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 uh, this show brings up the point that when Hitler ran for president, he lost. You know, there were millions and millions of people who had no use for the guy, but through, you know, various events, this madman still rose to power. Like I said, it's not quite as as effective as it could be, but I think it's. I I I I thought it was. It served a good purpose. It's a good history lesson to realize that the price of eternal freedom is eternal vigilance. And you know, it's you. And we also should be quick to judge how people in other countries act when we don't know how we would act in a similar situation. So that's kind of my recommendation for the uh, for the month.
0: Okay, Uh, George, what do you got? Um, I just started going to Payway because there's one by where I had to work and it's really awesome.
1: What's a Payway? I don't know.
0: It's a Chinese. uh, It's like a Chinese chain restaurant. It's very good. Okay. Yeah, really it's really good. It's a buffet. It's very it's just. No, it's just really awesome.
1: Okay.
0: That, Anything that's else? That's my recommendation. You have Payway. Um, <laughs> no, just I want to uh, again uh, congratulations to our Fight Club champion, Season Two Stella. Yeah.
2: Thanks.
0: Okay, you're welcome. <laughs>
2: All
1: right, Zach, what's your recommendation, sir? Uh, well,
4: I'm going to rec- recommend Clone Soccer Chronicles, the new feed. Um, really, really excited about that. Excited about Spidey.com. Um, we're going to. I will announce this because by the, by the time this comes out, it'll be it'll be good to go. But uh, <clears throat> we are going to be doing. A newer review style. It's going to be a little different than what you've seen in the past. I don't think I've ever seen it this way. So um, I'm very, very excited and, and hopeful and optimistic that uh, uh, that it'll it'll be a success. Um, very, very excited. I don't, I'm not going to say when exactly it is going to launch, but uh, it's going to be soon. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. You you can hear me and Brittoni rant about the. Uh, about the good, the bad, the ugly of the Clone Saga, which we've done a lot of the good, and a little bit of the good, most of the bad, and a lot of the ugly so far. And it's yeah. going to continue on for at least a couple more episodes before we start getting into the bin rally of Spider-Man. Um, My other recommendation is uh, Netflix. We've recommended this a, a lot of times on the, uh, on the PlayStation, but uh, I'm really loving it. Uh, watch I've been watching the nineteen eighty one Spider Man Syndicated TV show. Uh liked it, it watched a couple episodes and, and it's I mean it's not it's not it's no amazing friends, but uh it was pretty good. And uh finally uh I wanna I wanna congratulate George again for beating me uh in the uh, in the Spider Jeopardy. I I I <laughs> I, I, I bow to your flawless victory.
1: You recommend George Bearman.
0: I recommend... I
4: always recommend
1: George Brayman.
0: Yeah, that's always the wisest course. You know, That's that's always the the right way to go. Well, thank you, Spidey, uh, dude.
1: All right. I've got a TV show, a movie, a comic book, and another TV show. So that's two TV shows. Uh, Zach kind of hit up one of mine already, Amazing Friends and the 1981 Spider-Man is on Netflix. So I've been watching that. Uh, if you like Amazing Friends, this is like a... Less amazing version of it, I guess, is the best way to sum it up. Uh, George, if you, do you have Netflix? You, I think you, yeah, Spencer would love seeing these. The George the or JR? Uh, JR, I'm sorry. Sorry. Do yeah. <laughs> I do that all the time. JR, do you have Netflix?
5: Uh, absolutely not. I mean, why would I have Netflix, particularly after they jacked up people's prices and everything? Boo to Netflix. Uh, <laughs>
0: That's if you get displayed. Okay, now. Mail. okay, if it's, wait a minute, if it's now wait a minute. Streaming now. it's the same price. I'm 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 normally one to poo poo price increases. You know, I mean across what I hate tax increases, I hate price increases, yada yada. When I first joined up Netflix, it was like what, eight dollars a month just to stream the content. Did Zach just Never, fall out of his you know. chair? Zach <laughs> directly, directly, always
4: yeah. actually got a freaking interception. Oh <sighs>
1: sorry. Sorry, George has you... been derailed.
0: <laughs> George, do we lose you? No, I'm good. I'm, I just, it's, I think okay. it's a good deal. Um, you get a lot. I, I, I agree.
1: I think it's. Uh, a good yeah, all deal they did, too.
0: All they did was increase the price of how much of, uh, how much you pay to get the DVDs delivered to you. I'm pointing out the fact they want people to stop having the DVDs delivered, and, and you know it may be a moot point soon with the post office going away, but um. You know, I, it, the streaming price is the same. That's how I enjoy the stuff. Uh, I just turn around my computer monitor, I kick back in my chair, and I just – i wa- I've been watching a, a ton of stuff. Now, if I had rented this or bought it, God forbid about it, even, even if I had just rented this, this thing would have already paid for itself a billion times over. Yeah. Uh, my other recommendation so is what I watched
1: my... on Net- Netflix last night. I at- watched the pilot of Sons of Anarchy. I thought that was pretty solid. Anybody watch that show? Yeah, it's that's got, a crazy uh,
0: show. Yeah, that shows wheels off.
1: Ron Perlman from Beauty and the Beast and Hellboy, etc. The stars. Uh, I, I don't know if I recommended this last month. I think it's been a couple months since we've done recommendations. But uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, awesome. I, I well, you know, I think I did recommend that. I thought it was better than uh, Captain America, which is, is
4: hey
0: X Men X Men First Class, came which out is on, insanity. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, it's insanity. Did you see Planet of the Apes? Uh,
2: uh, Me. No, i was trying to you.
1: Zach would just question my recommendation skills. Uh, also, a comic well, no, book no, no. I mean, ho-ho. <laughs> what? Anyway, Marvel vs. Wolverine is a great comic. I recommend that. I read the first issue last night. And a uh, keeping with Jr.'s history and Discovery Channel questioning uh, and the redneck theme. There's a new show on Discovery Channel called Car Fellows. If you like uh, the movie Goodfellas. Imagine Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro owning a small car lot in New Jersey. That is what the basis of the plot is. It's like some uh, gangsters owning a car lot. It's really, really funny. And It just is like on episode two or three. And it's every Monday or Tuesday, I think, on uh, Discovery Channel. So check that out. And that's a wrap for this last show of September. Before we go, I want to give another shout-out to our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com. Another example of the great prizes on Spider-Books is on Essential Spider-Man Volume 8. Now this one collects Amazing Spider-Man from number 161 to 185. The cover price is 20 bucks. Mail order has it for just $12.39, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Thanks for listening, gang. For the Spider-Man Crawlspace.com, I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas.